I mean, when you ask a kid a question, you never know what type of answer you'll get. And when a kid asks you a question, you never know what kind of question you're going to get. I mean, has anybody ever asked you like a really tough question and you just didn't know the answer? You know, one of those questions kind of stops you dead in your tracks and you're going, I don't know. It's like you're a deer in headlights. You know, maybe it's at work. You know, maybe it's at home. Maybe it's at church. You just don't know the answer to the question. As a dad, I get asked some questions. I mean, stuff like, how does electricity work? I'm very thankful for Wikipedia and for YouTube. That was the only way I'd be able to answer some of those types of things. Here's another question I was asked recently. How do skunks smell? I mean, both real questions my kids have asked. How do skunks smell? I tried to answer the skunk question. It's like, well, God created skunks. And one way he helped them kind of protect themselves is by the smell. And Asher, my seven-year-old son, he said, no, 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 no. How do they smell? Well, I know the answer to that. Bad. They smell bad. Here's another example. I was, I was asked by one of my daughters, you know, where does God live? And so I said heaven, because that's the answer, right? Then Eliza, my four-year-old daughter, she says, well, where is heaven? And I think, okay. I need, I need to get out of this situation. Like, if I say it's in the sky, she'll say, well, well why can't she see it? You know, if she says, it, if I say it's in space, she'll want a telescope and so she can see it there. So I said something like, it's on a spiritual realm, you know, very well, might run parallel to our physical existence, but it's beyond our kind of wildest comprehension and our senses. And she said, oh, so you don't know? <laughs> Tough questions. I mean, she was pretty bummed that I didn't have a better answer. And I think it's because deep down, we, we want those types of answers. I mean, especially when it comes to important things, you know, like life and death and heaven and hell and right and wrong. I mean, and many times, although we have those questions, we're scared to ask some of those tough questions, at least publicly. You know, maybe we think them. Maybe we Google the answers and try to wrap our mind around some of the random things we find on the internet. Maybe we even ask God, but often we're scared of the tough question because we don't know how to find the tough answer. So it's a fleeting thought. We kind of tuck it away or cram it away. We don't want to ask it unless something comes up that reminds us again. You know, the next time someone close to us passes away and we go, oh, we need to ask that question again. That's why we're in this series called One Minute After You Die. We won't be able to answer all the questions that come along with, you know, life and, and death. But we do have the opportunity to ask and hopefully answer some of the most common questions that we hear. And we do get asked tough questions on this topic probably more so than any other as pastors. Now, last week, Jerry talked about that question of what does happen one minute after you die? And today, we're answering two really tough questions that come up in this context of life and death. So here's question number one. Does God care if someone is cremated? Have you ever asked a question like that? Have you ever thought about a question like that? Here's question number two. Can a person go to heaven if they commit suicide? We're going to do our best to answer both of these questions today. Now, before we continue, I just want to acknowledge these topics can be difficult. They can stir up emotions in us that are hard for us to navigate. Sometimes we don't even expect them, and they can be harmful. And our goal today isn't just to kind of hash up difficult topics or anything like that. 
Our goal is to talk about difficult things that matter because God is a God that cares about every area of our lives, including questions about cremation, questions about suicide, questions about life and death. But if these questions are difficult for you, if this message is difficult for you, I want to encourage you to reach out, seek out help, talk to a pastor, talk to a counselor. I mean, specifically, since we're talking about suicide, if you're thinking of suicide, we wanted to put a suicide hotline on your screen just to make sure that you know you're not alone. It's in your bulletin. It's on the video description online. Reach out. Get help. And if you want to talk to somebody, I mean, life and death conversations are difficult, and sometimes we need somebody to journey with us. You can always text the word chat to the number on your screen, and we'll follow up with you. We'll journey with you. We'll pray with you. But I want you to know that God loves you fiercely, that the Ridge loves you fiercely. We want to help, and you're not alone. Okay, let's dive in. Question number one, does God care if someone is cremated? And does God care kind of what happens to us after we die, happens to our bodies? Does he care about, you know, the burial or the funeral or what happens after we pass away? This is a question, this literal question is one that I've been asked more than once. And it's something that I think is becoming more and more commonplace when someone passes away. Now, just to make sure we're all on the same page, cremation is when after death, a body is placed in a cremation chamber and turned into soft ashes. Afterwards, those ashes are placed into a container called an urn, and sometimes people choose to put that someplace in their home or in a special place, or they spread the ashes of a loved one in a kind of particular place with a particular memory, rather than a traditional burial in a cemetery. Now, people choose cremation as an option for all sorts of different reasons. It's typically a lower cost than burial. It also is believed to be better for the environment. It typically a simpler process. It provides some flexibility and options for, for people to celebrate the person's life. And there are many other reasons too. So why in the world would God care something like this? You know, does God care if somebody is cremated? So first, I just want to make sure we start with It's important to know that the Bible doesn't specifically teach anything about cremation. There are some examples in the Old Testament, first half of the Bible before Jesus, where people are burned to death or human bones are burned, but not examples of cremation. An example of the Bible not being boring, but not examples of cremation. So is cremation a new thing? No. Cremation was practiced in biblical times, but not commonly by the people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, or the people who followed Jesus in the New Testament. Culturally, many people during those times would have done exactly what we do, you know, buried in a cave, buried in a tomb, buried in the ground. So if the Bible doesn't say anything about cremation, why are people asking this type of question? Well, it's important to know that some people object to cremation because it's connected, they equate it, to an ancient pagan ritual. Also, some people believe that if a body is burned and turned into dust, turned into ash, then it's more difficult or impossible for God to resurrect that body. So let's take a look at what 1 Corinthians 15, 35-38 says. But someone may ask you ask questions like this, how? How will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? 
What a foolish question when you put a seed into the ground. It doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. He wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. So, people equate it to a pagan ritual. People equate it to God not being able to do anything about the the body being ash. This is actually something that people thought about, asked about, talked about in biblical times. And it's hard for us to wrap our mind around this too. How does resurrection work? Like, what do new bodies mean? And Paul directly answered the question. How can people rise when their bodies have deteriorated? And Paul points out, well, take the example of a seed. You put a seed in the ground, it doesn't come out as a seed. It comes out in a new and glorious way. And just like that, our bodies will be new. Basically, if God can resurrect, don't you think he can do that how he wants to do that? Whether a body is dust or not. Isn't that an interesting question? Isn't it a funny question? We, we ask questions like that. You know, I do. I admit sometimes I, I don't live like he can conquer the small stuff. And I go, well, okay, you know, God, can you? Are you strong enough? Are you powerful enough? Do you know enough? Can you take care of this? Well, the reality is, yeah. If he can conquer death, don't you think he can conquer fill in the blank with your problem. But I don't always live that way. You know, I have a headache. I don't pray first. You know, I take a Tylenol first, and that's not even a bad thing to do, but I don't even think of God. He can conquer death. He, I don't think he can conquer a headache. I mean, he doesn't mean he will, but he can. If he can conquer death, don't you think he can provide in other ways too? Don't you think he can take care of us no matter what's going on? Don't you think he can love us perfectly? Don't you think he knows what we need? So if God can conquer death, if he can resurrect Jesus after three days, don't you think he can probably overcome our body being ash? So here's the answer. Question number one, does God care if someone is cremated? He cares very, very much for us. But the answer is no, I don't think he cares. Either way, cremation, burial, as long as we're honoring the person and we're honoring God, doesn't, God doesn't care either way. So that's question number one. I told you, these are tough. These types of questions can be difficult. We don't always know how to wrap our mind around them, but they're important. And it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to doubt and ask hard questions And I think it's even okay sometimes to ask silly questions. But I did that this week. I Googled like silly questions and then they started to mess with my mind a little bit. And they were kind of hard and I started to think about it. I'm like, oh man, maybe that's true. Here's an example. Why don't we call cereal breakfast soup? Think about it. It's liquid. There's stuff in it. There are cold soups. It's called gazpacho. Why? Why don't we call it Breakfast soup. I mean, I was starting to think about it. It messed with me all week. How about this one? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, it is. (laughs) Define a sandwich. Two pieces of bread or a split roll with stuff in the middle. Hot dog. I know, see? These types of things mess with you. So we answered question number one. Question number two. Here's question number two. Can a person go to heaven if they commit suicide? 
Now, one of the honors, one of the privileges of being a pastor is this opportunity we have to love and support people who are grieving a loved one who's just passed away. It's really important. Some of the more difficult examples of that type of moment include suicide. And this question being asked of me, you know, looking a mom or a dad or a brother or sister or a friend in the face, and they're asking, why could this happen? Why would God allow this to happen? And they're really trying to understand God's view of their son, of their daughter, of suicide. So some perspective when it comes to answering this question. This is kind of where we have to start. God loves us. God creates us. He breathes life into us. He's known us before we were born, even in the womb. He gives life. He's the one responsible for life, and he's the one responsible for taking away life. So suicide, similar to murder, displeases God because it rejects the gift of life that God gives us. So suicide is really self-murder. The Bible does mention people who committed suicide usually in the context of someone that we would call a bad example. The Bible has lots of examples, though, of people who have felt a deep, dark, painful depression or despair. So it might sound odd at first, but I have struggled with depression, anxiety, and I'm incredibly thankful that the Bible talks about people who have struggled through that as well. So one example is the guy who wrote that last book of the Bible that we looked at, 1 Corinthians. His name is Paul. We'll look at 2 Corinthians. That's what he says. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed by our ability to endure. You ever felt like that? Felt like you were crushed, just overwhelmed. You just don't think you have the ability to get through it. And we thought we would never live through it. This is Paul. He's an amazing example of being a follower of Jesus. And he went through some rough stuff. I mean, shipwrecks and prison and beatings and discouragement and stonings. And at times, he was so overwhelmed that he had a deep and dark despair. And he wasn't sure if he would live through it. What do I learn from this? It's not wrong to feel strong feelings. It's not wrong to struggle. It's not wrong to ask questions. It's not wrong to be overwhelmed. According to the Bible, however, suicide is a sin. Some people, though, they call it the unforgivable sin. The greatest of all sins. I want to be clear, that is not accurate nor is it particularly helpful to a grieving family. Now, if you know someone who's committed suicide, if you're wondering how to process it, we want to help you, reach out. If someone has confided in you, hey, I've been considering, I've been contemplating suicide, you're not alone, they're not alone, they are loved, you are loved, reach out, you have somebody to support you. But the reality is, suicide has long and deep and hard and painful impacts on family and friends. And it's definitely a serious thing, and maybe you can relate to that. However, suicide is not worse 
It's not bigger than any other sin. In terms of how God sees sin, suicide doesn't determine whether a person goes to heaven or not. So my answer to this question is simply yes. But have you ever stopped and wondered, why do these types of questions come up? Why are we asking about cremation, asking about suicide? Maybe it's because we're curious. Maybe because we always don't know how to deal with grief and sorrow and pain. Maybe it's because we don't know where we stand with God. Or maybe there is that seed of doubt in our minds about what does come after death. Now, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there's something in common with these two questions. You know, the question about cremation and the question about suicide. We didn't ask them this way, but both of these questions are kind of rooted in this principle of, if I do this, will I go to heaven? If I make a bad choice, will God be mad? You ever asked a question like that? Here's an example of kind of this type of principle. Say I'm driving down the road, you know, and I'm speeding a little, just a little bit. Somebody cuts me off. I'm going, I'm going fast. Somebody cuts me off. And the last word that I say before those two cars collide is one that maybe I shouldn't be repeating up here. So the cars collide. I'm killed. The last thing I'm doing is breaking the law. The last word I said is something that I'm not particularly proud of or would honor God. I didn't have a chance to ask for forgiveness. So if I do this, will I go to heaven? And when we hear a situation like that, we go, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so, yeah. But when we ask that about other things that are wrong, other sins like suicide, we go, oh, well, that's different. But it's not. Let's break it down a little further. We ask, we think, we worry that we don't have a right standing with God, that we're not good enough, that we haven't done enough good things or made enough right decisions. And that's true. That's the whole point of Jesus. And what if we do something right before we die, you know, that last moment right before we die that God isn't pleased with, that we do something wrong, then we're in big trouble. That's what we think. And I want you to know, the Bible talks directly about this type of concept, about what separates us from God, several times actually. But here's one of my favorites. This is Romans 8, 38 through 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No, the power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I've, I've answered a few tough questions today. Let me ask you one. What do you think is separating you from God today? What's the thing that stresses you out the most, that worries you the most, that you just don't know? And you're asking things like, yeah, but God can't, but God won't, but God isn't. You struggling with depression and despair? 
and you just don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn, well, I want you to know God loves you and nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not suicide, not cremation, not what we think, not what we feel, not what we've done or will do, nothing. So are you struggling in a relationship? I mean, did you make a really bad decision and you hurt someone or, or did you hurt yourself or were you hurt by someone? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not being a liar, not being a thief, not being a fool, not being a jerk, nothing. Do you struggle with feelings like, like failure, feeling like a fraud, feeling like you can't measure up no matter what you do? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons, not our fears for today. Do you have any of those? Not our worries about tomorrow. I have those. Not even the powers of hell. No power in the sky or on the earth below. No government, no political party, no racial tension, no worry, no shame. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So definitely not cremation, definitely not suicide, not doing enough good stuff, not earning your right into heaven, not being a bad person, nothing. Why? Well, it says it right here at the end of the verse. There's a reason that Jesus is kind of that Sunday school answer. Boom, Jesus. If we surrender our lives to Jesus, we make him our Lord. Jesus is the reason. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if you believe in Jesus, if you surrender your life to him, the last seconds, that last moment, the life flashing before your eyes moment won't separate you from the love of God because nothing can separate you from the love of God. And we're in this series right now, and at first glance, we're talking about what happens when we die, and we go, this is kind of morbid. Like, why would we talk about this? This is uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm not super comfortable talking about this type of thing. But this series actually isn't about death. It's about life after death. It's about the hope and the joy and the peace of Jesus. It's a reminder that nothing, not one thing, not what you look like, sound like, act like, think, believe, want, have wanted, have done, doesn't matter. doesn't matter what's going on in your life, what will go on in your life, what has gone on in your life. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I don't know about you, but that brings me a hope and a peace that I can't muster up on my own. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that your love is so clear through Jesus. That because of who Jesus is, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is, that we have this opportunity to have life both on earth and with you in eternity. That because Jesus and because you, God, conquered death, that we have this opportunity to navigate difficult questions in a way that brings us hope and joy and peace. I thank you for your love. Help me, help us remember that doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter where we are. That nothing can separate us from your perfect love. And that you can and you will and you are with us. That nothing can separate us from you.
So help us lay down whatever it is in our lives that we think, you know, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that separates us. Help us remember that nothing separates us. Help us surrender that to you this week. And help us live with a hope and a joy and a peace that others who don't know you might go, where in the world is that coming from? And we can say, Jesus, help us seek after you in everything we do. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.